Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 9th Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grade School. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God. Good morning, everyone. It is so good to be back today. Appreciate you tuning in. And we are hoping to be a blessing to you today. I'm Pastor Tommy McMurtry of the Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. And we are new at this time. We've been on for a while now, but this is our second week at the 9 o'clock or 9.30 time slot. And so I hope if this is your first time listening today, I just want to thank you for listening. I hope you'll listen to the whole program and hope we can be a blessing to you. And most of all, we hope one of these days, if you get a chance, you'll come out and give us a visit at Liberty Baptist Church. We would love to have you and appreciate uh, all those who've been listening regularly and uh we always encourage you to send any questions or anything you might have or even just any subjects that you would like for us to speak about. And I've got one subject that I'm going to, I just want to say a few things about. Um, somebody emailed and asked if I would discuss the age of accountability or the knowledge of accountability, as I like to call it, with children. One thing that, you know, people always wonder is at what point is it when a child is able to get saved. And a lot of times people talk about the age, but I don't believe uh, there's necessarily an age, but I do believe what we should call it is a knowledge of accountability. And one of the verses that they brought up that they uh, they mentioned was Jonah 4.11, when God said, And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, where under more than six score thousand persons they cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. In other words, those six score or 120,000 people, uh, they appear to be people that were basically just innocent, that didn't understand their right hand from their left hand. And Jonah, if you remember the story, was upset. God didn't wipe that city out. He, Jonah wanted God to wipe that city out, and God was going to wipe that city out. But they repented. They believed in the Lord, and they were spared the judgment. And Jonah had a bad attitude, didn't like it. And God was basically rebuking him for having that attitude. And that was a terrible attitude. And I do think that's a, a good example there. But another verse that I like to use that I think is good proof that young children go to heaven if they die. There may be some out there that you lost a child at a young age. Maybe even a little baby. Maybe even a miscarriage. Which we believe when they're in the womb, they are a human life. We believe they are a child in the Bible before Jesus was born, it mentioned his mother as being great with child. Not great with fetus, great with child. And they are children in the womb. And I believe if something happens and they die, I believe they go to heaven. And uh, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22, David's wife Bathsheba had a child and it ended up dying not long after it was born. And, of course, David had been praying and fasting, wanting God to uh, do something to help that baby. But the baby ended up dying because of the great sin that David had committed. But in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22, after the baby dies, 
David, he quits praying, he gets up, and he kind of just moves on, and everybody's scratching their head a little bit, thinking, David, you know, why are you okay now that the child's dead? And he said in verse 22, he says, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that my child may live? But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And David knew, and David was a saved person, that he was going to see that child again. And since we know David was going to see that child again, we know David was a saved person, we can safely assume that that child went to heaven, even though it never had a chance to believe in God, because it was innocent. And I think what can clear this up the best to help us understand this idea of the knowledge of accountability is when you stop and think about it, what sin is it that will cause someone to go to, to, go to hell? Because all sin causes us to deserve hell, but Jesus Christ died and he paid for our sins. So what determines whether someone goes to heaven or hell? Well, we know very clearly from scriptures, and we could go through a lot of them. I'm not going to go through a lot. I'm just going to go through one of the more well-known ones. And that is the sin of unbelief. Not believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So we see here in this passage that not believing is what condemns us. And a young child is not capable of believing, and it's also not capable of not believing in God. It doesn't under, they don't understand right and wrong yet. You have to, they have to learn those things, and as they grow, they will begin to understand those things more and more. And everyone, I believe, they come to a point in their life where they know the difference between right and wrong. That age could be different for different people, but I believe everyone eventually is going to come to that point. And of course, there's those maybe who are mentally handicapped. And I believe those ones too, if they're not capable of unbelief. And therefore, they if you cannot not believe in God, then you're not going to go to hell. You're basically in a state of innocence like a little baby. And I think that's very clear from the Scriptures. And we also see too that in Romans chapter 1, because many people say, well, what about people from other countries that don't know about Jesus? But Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. 
because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And I believe right there that God from the create, just the creation of the world is proof that there's a God. And he's revealed what's right and what's wrong to us. He's revealed that there's going to be a wrath of God coming. There are things, I don't care where you're from, that you ought to understand. And you know what? I don't think it's a coincidence that the world and the devil is working so hard to convince people that there is not a creator. Boy, this idea of creation that is very clear, that is very obvious just from nature itself is under attack. It is being shoved down children's throats in the public schools that they came from monkeys, that they evolved, that it all started from a big bang, doing anything to point them away from the creator because the creator and the creation reveals to them a right and wrong. It reveals to them judgment for sin. And if people will look at that and if they will see that light and that Jesus Christ is that light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And if they will go to that light, the Lord will reveal himself to them. I believe somebody will get the gospel to those people. But you know what? Many don't because the Bible says men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. And so, hopefully that is a good explanation of what I believe about the knowledge of accountability. I believe, and I believe everyone will eventually come to that point at what age it is. I don't know. But eventually, uh, someone will get to that point where they understand the difference between right and wrong. And they'll understand that there is a creator and that there is a God. And when they need, when that day comes, they need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if they do not if they refuse to believe, the Bible says they are already condemned. And so they need to change their mind. They need to repent of their unbelief and call on the name of the Lord for salvation. But that's not what I'm going to speak on mainly today. Today is Father's Day. And so I want to give a message especially to fathers today. And listen, uh, I'm, ladies are allowed to listen. But listen, I'm going to give you a chance to uh, maybe not listen because... I'm talking to men today, and you know what? Men these days, it's very sad how many men, especially younger men, just cannot handle strong preaching. They can't handle it. They can't handle the Word of God. Uh, we've got a very wimpy, sissy society today. It's very sad. And, you know, women, I, some of the things I'm going to say, I can understand women might get a little upset by it. But uh, if you want to listen, that's fine. But men ought to be able to take this. They really should. And I'm going to show you from the Bible what it means to be a man. And let me tell you, manliness is under assault in America today. They're doing everything they can to take away people's manhood. Uh, some people are literally having their manhood taken away from them, being praised by the world and the news media. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But I want to talk to you today about how to be a man. And you know, the book of Genesis is so full of great promises and great truths at the beginning of all things, and we're going to look at the creation of man and what God commissioned man to do. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after the light, our likeness, 
and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree-yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. And you know, there's a reason I believe that men in our culture have become so weak and so feminine. And listen, ladies, if you're still listening, there is nothing wrong in the world with females. There's nothing wrong with females being feminine. But there's something very wrong with men being feminine. And the Bible talks about the effeminate. And it also mentions their eternal destination. You ought to look that up in the Bible sometime. Men are not to be that way. God made us different than women. And just like women are special in their own way, men are special in their own way too. And we need to be what God has made us to be. And if we would, I believe God gave us everything we need to fulfill our task, the commission that He gave us to do. And if we will fulfill these responsibilities that God gave us in Genesis, we will be what God wants us to be physically and spiritually. So what are these manly things that God wants us to do? Well, Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. You know what? God wants men to have children. We should have children. Now, I know our culture today is doing everything they can to get people to stop having kids. And a part of me understands why they're doing it. It's because of all these deadbeat dads out there that aren't taking their care of their kids. There's a lot of men out there who are getting women pregnant and then not providing for their children. And let me say that those men are ashamed to manhood. Uh, those guys, they ought to be taken out and horsewhipped. There's something wrong uh, with a man that can have a child and not want to have anything to do with them, not want to take care of them, not want to teach them some things and train them. And then after they've done that, to go and continue to have more kids. And there's something wrong with the women that are allowing these guys to do that to you. Uh, and that's another subject we're going to talk about. But we ought to have children. I believe the more the merrier. Psalms 127, verse 3. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. He's got his quiver full. The Bible says happy is that man. And I'm telling you right now, people today are doing everything they can to make excuses for not having them. Oh, you don't understand the financial difficulties. Yes, I do. I have six kids. And let me tell you, those six kids I have, they're getting older all the time. They're eating more all the time. They're getting more and more expensive. You better believe I know the challenges of raising them in our economy that we're in. And as expensive as things are getting in our culture that uh, we've created and destroyed in this country when it comes to families, it's made it very difficult. But you know, something that's always been a man thing that we've always done is we figured out how to overcome obstacles. We figured out how to make the extra effort. You know, I don't... Yeah, I have six kids. That means... 
I don't have the time to sit around and watch TV like a lot of men do all day. That means I don't have the time to sit around and play video games all day and make myself think I'm manly because I killed a bunch of people on Call of Duty or something or I've slayed the most zombies in some zombie slayer game. And we've got a lot of so-called men out there sitting around, watching TV all the time, playing video games, eating Doritos, and they're saying, I can't have kids because I can't afford it. And of course you can't afford it because you're lazy and you spend all your money on video games. You spend all your time in front of a television. You're weak. You're worthless. And therefore, yeah, you're not going to be able to do that. But you know what? If you go be a man and do what God told you to do, go out there and get a job, go out there and work hard, make the extra effort, you could figure out how to do it. We can overcome. God made us to be overcomers. So don't make excuses. Okay, just overcome the obstacle. Figure out, Bible says you'll be happy. I'm telling you, I am a happy individual. I have six kids. They bring me great joy. There are challenges. But you know what? Another thing about men, we love taking on challenges and overcoming them. It's great. But some men these days, they don't want to have to deal with any hardships at all. And that's why they're so weak. But you know, part of being fruitful and multiply. You need to understand it's your job to provide for your own family. First Timothy five eight. But if any provide not for his own house, and or provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Well, that's pretty strong language right there about someone who does not provide for their family. And I'm telling you, there's not enough names to call that man that will not take care of his kids. And listen, if you're a deadbeat dad out there, you've probably already turned this off. But if you haven't, if maybe you're somehow stuck listening or you've held on this long, please man up for the first time in your life and hang on and listen, overcome, take that responsibility. If you have children out there that you're not providing for, start providing for them. Take care of them. Be there for them. That is your job, dads. And man up. Be a father to your children. Be there for them. You know, you might have to give up your video games. You might have to do without some of the things you like doing. You might not get to have as much fun, you know, playing all your playing sports and going to ball games. You might have to work a little bit of overtime. You might have to get an extra job, a physical one where they make you work hard. But you know what? Figure it out. Do whatever it takes. Also, if you have if you have children, you need to protect your family. You need to be the protector. Make sure that you do whatever you have to to not allow anyone to do anything to your children. I've got some extra protection that I've purchased at home that I will gladly use if someone ever tries to break into my house. I'll call the cops after I've taken care of those people. Not gonna, they're not going to do that. I am the protector of my family. The governor or the government is not the protection protectors of my family. If I need them, I'll call on them, and I'm thrilled that they're there. But you know what? Ultimately, if something happens, it's my responsibility. But also as a father, you need to keep your family happy. 1 Corinthians 7.1 Now concerning things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. Listen, you need to get a wife and you need to keep that wife and you need to take care of that wife and you need to render due benevolence and you need to keep her happy 
And you need to take care of her, especially when she's bearing your children. Boy, you better take care of her. And there's going to be some hard times there. Every marriage has difficult times. But overcome. Take care of that wife. Ephesians 6, 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So be a man. Go get yourself a wife first. Make her happy. Have some kids. Raise those kids. Provide for those kids. Take care of them. That is a manly thing to do. Anybody can be a deadbeat. Anybody can go and get some woman pregnant that doesn't have any respect for herself because her dad probably didn't take, you know, care, didn't do a good job praising her and letting her know that she has great value and worth. Anybody can go do that, but one who can go and find a woman and commit to her and uh, t- make her happy and have children and take care of her and take care of those kids, that is a manly thing to do. It's something you can be proud of. But you know, he also said in Genesis, not only did he tell them to be fruitful and multiply, he told them to subdue the earth. That basically means to conquer or to bring into bondage to or bring into subjection. You know, as men throughout history, we've always been explorers. You know, we weren't ever content to just stay in one part of the country or one part of the world. We had to see what was out there. And we had to explore. And even in Amer- American history, you know, you look at the, you read about some of those explorers in history and some of the things that they had to overcome and some of the mountains that they had to climb and valleys that they had to go through and rivers and streams that they had to cross and all, facing all kinds of dangers. And they did it. And it's like, why did they do that? Why didn't they just stay where they were at and be happy? It's because there are men. And men subdue the earth. We've been all over this world. Still today, there are explorers out there just trying to conquer what's out there. It's a manly thing to do. And you know what? I think it's a good thing. Take your boys. You know, Go cave exploring. Go camping. Go climb a mountain. Go swim through a stream. Men need to be challenged. Your boys need to be challenged. And you know what? Video games don't count. Okay? They need to be challenged. We're supposed to farm the land that we find. It's a... it's amazing the places that where we've uh, cleared the land and we've been able to uh, farm that land and make it where we can produce some food so we can feed our families and, and to feed other people. We're, we've learned how to use those resources for our benefit. We've gone places. We've gone out in the ocean and we've taken the oil from the ocean. We've gone into wildernesses and we've taken oil. We get the natural gas from our ground. We And we have people today trying to stop us from doing all those things. Trying to stop us from going throughout the world and claiming the resources for ourselves. But that is called subduing the earth. And you know what? It's a manly thing to do and we need to keep doing it. And we need, not, we need to stop letting these wimps stop us from doing that. We are to subdue the earth. We're also supposed to have dominion over the animal kingdom. Genesis 1.28, And God blessed them, said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And then verse 26, God said, Let us make man our image, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. We are over the animals. We are not equal with them. We did not evolve from them. 
We are above them. God placed us above them and we are to have dominion over them. And we, one thing that we have done, a mainly thing that has been done over the years, we train animals to serve us. We've trained dogs. We've got hunting dogs. You've got the bloodhounds and things that man has trained. We've trained horses so that, so we can ride them. So we could, they were able to use them to plow their fields. I mean, many different animals that we have learned to use for different purposes to fulfill our needs. That's called having dominion over the animal kingdom. That's a manly thing to do. Training them. Conquering them. And I know I might lose some of you here, but going hunting. Hunting. You know, some animals, they used to hunt just because they wanted to prove they could conquer them. You know, the more fierce, the more dangerous the beast, the more great a victory it was when a man would slay them. And boy, they'd hunt them just with a spear back in the day. That's that's manly stuff. We wimped out a little bit and we've got to where we protect ourselves pretty good. But you know what? Hunting has always been a manly thing to do. It's something that uh, God is okay with. We And we ought to know how to hunt. We ought to know how to do that. Genesis 9.1 God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth and upon all the fishes of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. Even as the green herb have I given you all things, but the flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall ye not eat. We don't eat the blood. Okay, we don't eat meat raw. We cook it. We find the animal. We kill it. We eat it. So that's so cruel. Well, if you really think so, you need to stop going to McDonald's and eating those hamburgers. And you know what? Eating what we kill has always been a manly thing to do. And you know, as, as men, you know, you girly men out there, you know, you go ahead and go to Starbucks and drink your triple venti, half sweet, non fat caramel macchiato. Well, I go out into the woods, kill an animal, and eat it. It's a manly thing to do. God told us that we can do it. And boy, you know, people are, guys are scared of doing that stuff these days. I mean, you took them rabbit hunting and some rabbit jumps out on them, they're going to pass out. You hand them a gun, they're going to pass out. And you know what? These things are manly things that God told man to do in the beginning of creation and we have done those from the beginning of history until recent history we've gotten away from these type of things and look at what is happening to men today it is ridiculous i'm embarrassed i really am at men today and you know listen because of sin some of these things we do are very challenging and they're even hard work sometimes. And many times we say that work is a curse. But you know, the truth is God gave Adam some jobs to do before man even fell. Work is not the curse. It's sweat that's a curse. Okay, it's, it's difficult. It's hard. But we can do it. We can overcome it. We were made to be overcomers. It's not supposed to be easy but it's supposed to get done. And it breaks my heart just how weak and how wimpy some boys are these days. How easy they give up on everything. How many men, I mean, just quit their jobs at the first difficulty, the first challenge. We can't do that. We need men and it's the responsibility 
of the Father to train the next generation of men. And fathers out there today, train your sons to be real men. We need it in America today so bad. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this didn't offend anybody. I hope this was a help and a blessing. And fathers, I just want to say to you, happy Father's Day, especially to my father. Happy Father's Day. Thank you so much for teaching me how to be a man. I appreciate it so much. I'm going to do my best to pass that on to my boys. Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. We hope you were blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word. For more information about Liberty Baptist Church, visit their website at experience-liberty.com or you can email them at libertybc2011 at att.net.